it's pretty amazing how such a small thing can be so impactful to a client by just remembering what you talk about. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Hello. And today our guest is Carrie Rouse with Hello. Bark Cartons. And today we're going to talk about elevating the status of pet businesses. So Carrie, why don't you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself or something? Hello, I'm Carrie Rouse, and I used to be a professional groomer for over a decade. Decided that I would utilize my business degree instead and take care of my body better. Grooming is pretty physically difficult. So Bark Cartons was born. Okay, now wait. What? When you say it was physically difficult. Yes. I thought the dog grooming was just playing with puppies all day. That is part of it. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite customer sayings. <laughs> yes, you know those memes where um, it's what, what my parents think I do, what my friends yeah. think I do. Yeah, what my customers think I do is make magic happen and play with puppies all day. But in reality, I would go to work smelling clean, clean, freshly showered, and go home smelling like a dirty, wet dog. Lifting dogs, getting scratched, sometimes bit. Sounds exciting. Pooped it, on. Pooped on? How was, many times were you pooped on? I'm not going to go into the dirty details. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I wanted to know. That's the difference between a dog groomer and a hairdresser. They both have to do the same thing, except a dog groomer... The dog keeps trying to run around in circles while you have scissors and it poops on you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And with a hairdresser, people rarely poop on you. Rarely. Rarely. But weirder things have happened, I'm yeah. sure. Maybe if you're like a kid's haircut person. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So let's let's maybe talk about how you can help elevate a, a pet business. Like what do, what do you mean by that? How How can you help elevate a business? So when I was grooming, I trained other groomers, other managers, traveled around to different salons and helped train their staff to be profitable and bring in business and create referral partnerships with their clientele and bring in new clients. But the missing key that they didn't necessarily know or were aware of was networking and creating professional partnerships with other pet service businesses so that they can get that natural stream of referrals coming in their door. Awesome. So we go to networking all the time. All the time. Very big proponents of combination of digital marketing and referral marketing and in-person networking and bring them all together for your business. And I could count on one hand the number of times I have met somebody in a pet services business. Like, I think I met, I can actually name them because it's how rare it happens. One person who started a mobile dog grooming business, one person who made dog sweaters, dog walker, person who had a mobile veterinary clinic, and a dog psychic. And then there's the tap house that allows well, yeah. you to adopt dogs as well. So it's Fido's. Fido's. The world's only dog adoption tap house. And it's awesome. Which I also, I don't know if I would consider that a pet business, right? I mean, there's pets that they help and they help, you know, with adoption and stuff like that, but they're not a pet like business. That's not their sole focus. serving specifically the pets. Like, I mean, yeah, they are like through the nonprofits and stuff, but I don't know if I would consider them a pet services business. But that's against the point. 
five times out of what 150 networking t groups I go to a year times the last four years or five years I've met five well how long have those people stuck around do they actually Most go of them come once yeah so they're not getting the benefit of networking or making relationships or just like we so we talked about this in episode five we had Ryan Corbridge on and we were talking about mostly about BNI but BNI and other networking groups where you have to not only keep going to networking like you know put in that six months to a year before you're going to see results because it's more of a farming thing than a hunting thing but also Jeremy had mentioned in that same episode about the things that you do outside of the networking group and not just going that hour, hour and a half once a week. You have to go out and you have to have one-to-one -one time with people to learn about them and their businesses and go to the other functions and the social functions and stuff like that. You really have to commit to it to yeah. make it valuable. You have to commit mm -hmm. to it and you have to be intentional on in what you do, right? So you can't just go and like, let's have a one-to-one, -one, but let's just sit there and drink beer the whole time. Like, yeah, maybe a glass of beer is fine, but if you're not being intentional about your conversation and the questions and stuff that you're asking, it's kind of a moot point. You're not really getting to know that person in their business. You're getting to know them personally. And yeah, it might work eventually, but not nearly as quickly if you're doing it intentionally with the purpose of driving business to them or yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I know we had a, an episode about networking, but it's about trust, right? So if someone's going to bring you their dog or their, you know, to the groomer, right? Or their cat, if it's a cat groomer, I know that is a thing, surprising as that may be. But a lot of people, their pets are their children, right? They're part of the family and they have to have trust that you're going to not only do a good job, but you're going to treat them well and that they're in a safe mm -hmm. environment and all this. And you don't get that kind of trust built up by going and handing someone a business card in a room of 50 people once and talk to them for two minutes, right? No. Nope. You build trust over time. But just to kind of go beyond that a little bit, I know you and I have talked about pet business people and business owners, whether they're maybe they're a groomer, dog walker, doggy daycare, overnight stay places like that for dogs and, and other pets and stuff, and how they don't see themselves as professionals or sometimes people outside their industry don't see them as professionals. They look at like a hairdresser as a business person, but not a dog groomer as a business person. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that they, pet people are definitely a special breed of people. You have to have knowledge of the animals, knowledge of how the animals are going to move and work with you or not work with you. It's kind of a sixth sense working with the animals. And I, I think that pet service people work in their business and not necessarily on their business. And that might be because they just merely see themselves as service providers and they just have whoever calls or shows up, they want to work on the animal. I, I hear a lot of people in the grooming industry, especially, that say they're not necessarily people people. They're, they're dog people, and that's why they work with dogs. But just to get down to the point, the dogs don't drive themselves to their shop, and they don't pay the bills at the end of the day. So they have to step up and become people people as well. Right, and it's kind of like the thing about, like, cat food and dog treats and stuff like that, you're actually selling the description of what it's going to taste like to the owner. Yeah. Not to the animal. Yeah. Right? Cats don't give a crap about whether it's fancy feast or if it's 
mushed up fish from a different source. Well, right? well, we could, <laughs> they still like it just as we, much. We could argue that cats can be pretty picky. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 they can. <laughs> they could be pretty picky, but they don't read the label and they That's don't right. read the marketing on the bag that says this is the finest fish in the land. Right. <laughs> and they don't care if it's you know wherever it came from or however it was raised. I mean that that stuff is all marketing to the people, but a lot of times you get. And this is not just in pet services business. This is almost in any business, especially businesses where you kind of have to build it up, but there's not necessarily a large educational structure before. Like if you go to law school for eight years or something, mm-hmm. right, and, and then pass the bar exam and then go in, you know, into a practice and work that, you're like, I'm a professional, right? But maybe if you were trained in a grooming shop, you didn't go to like a grooming school or something like that, or for other businesses, maybe you started an online business where there's no education, there's no formal training. You get this imposter syndrome, which is where you think, you know, maybe I'm not really an expert in this, or who am I to charge more for this service than Mm -hmm. the other person down the street? And, And it happens in almost every business. I mean, our business, we had a long time that we didn't charge enough money and you know and it it hurt us it made our business not able to grow we weren't able to hire staff and things like that but once we started to get to the point that we realized well look we are a professional in this no one knows the things that we know and in the things that we do we're really good at it and now i go out and i teach classes and workshops and all this kind of stuff i don't have that problem anymore right Mm -hmm. and i think that helping pet business owners overcome that imposter syndrome is a way that they can, you know, start to be professional and then they have the confidence that they can go out and network and, and you know, they can build marketing plans and do all these things that they maybe they don't think that they're capable of. Yeah, they may or may not have business degrees and probably the way that they got into grooming was doing some type of internship, hands-on type right. of deal. And there's definitely a, like in the grooming industry, there's a step up if you're going to go from just basic pet grooming to say you're grooming show dogs or you're doing professional coloring for dogs, which is a thing. There's a huge industry in coloring. So what's coloring? coloring? Dyeing their hair. Okay. Yep. Haven't you seen pink poodles? Yeah. They they get pretty fancy. There's some elaborate, elaborate grooming I've seen the grooming magazines. R- r- there's rainbow poodles. You can get, yeah. get yeah. yourself a rainbow pup. Seen the ones that are dyed like tigers and there you you go. Know, cheetahs and yeah. stuff. I've also seen little kids just coloring on the on the animal too. That works really well. Carrie showed me a picture the other day of a dog and the dog's butt was dyed to look like the dog's face. No. <laughs> it's like a little toy poodle with a toy poodle ass. <laughs> That's amazing. What's <laughs> It was pretty amazing, actually. It was a good job. Is it it on the Instagram? Uh, Yeah, I I found it on my Instagram. And that's at Bark Cartons? Yes. Is the Instagram? Yep. So if you want to see a poodle with a poodle dyed onto its ass... (laughs) <laughs> at Bark Cartons is the place. Oh, goodness. I don't, I don't know if I rebrand it to my account, but right? it's, it's one of the people that I'm oh, following. Yeah. So, so maybe, we, maybe, maybe we should shift gears a little bit and stop talking about poodle asses. So l- let's talk about the easiest ways that you can help elevate a grooming business or a pet business. Somebody wrote in and said that actually picking up the phone is a really great way to help elevate your business. If you let it ring all the time and always let it go to voicemail, that's not going to help you necessarily. And I could get it if you're busy, mm-hmm. you know, if you're middle of shaving a dog or something like that, then you probably aren't going to have time to answer the phone or whatever the case is. But there are places in the pet industry for sure where you can call six, seven, eight times 
and never get a real person. And then they don't follow up with you until two, three days mm-hmm. later. Even veterinary clinics here in town, same thing. You call them, hey, I think my cat is going to die. Nothing. Crickets for two days. And then they call you back and say, no, probably not if it's still alive. And then bring <laughs> it's it in, still alive. Uh, in in a day or two. So what are some easy steps? Phone calls, answering the phone is one, returning the phone calls. You know, that's kind of an easy way to help well, elevate so your business. Communication but. is a difficult thing, right? Because let's say you're a one-person shop and you've got people booked all day, like back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to book some time in there or something to do some follow-up or return calls. But, you know, if you've got a live animal on a table elevated right uh, off the floor, you can't just run and answer the phone. So maybe get a headset or... Yeah, maybe you, like, ha- you have to yeah. strategically place yourself... I was always answering the phone. My table is right next to the phone, so I could have a dog on my table and answer the phone, answer a quick question. You know, if it's something in depth or in detail that I need to talk to them about, I'll take their name and phone number and call them back. But there's no excuse to not talk to your clients who are calling you. Right. That's business waiting, (laughs) right? Yeah. And like I know our company phone system at Hook SEO, it goes through, we try and do a really good job to weed out spam calls and stuff like that. Fax machines. Fax machines, yes. We get an insane amount of spam calls. We get customer calls, you know, four or five times a day, but we get five times that spam calls. So we're not always good at being like Johnny on the spot, but then the phone call, the message that they leave gets sent to our email and myself and Scott and Jeremy all get an email with the message and then we can play it and then we can talk to each other and say, oh, hey, Jeremy, could you call this person back? This is who it was. Or Scott, this guy was calling to ask you such and such. And this is, and, this is the way we want to approach this right. specific thing and we just take care of it, right? Right. And as a dog groomer, I mean, maybe you don't have, you know, you're not going to have an interconnected email system because it's not your business, mm-hmm. right? But you'll have another way to do it. And I cannot stress enough that if your phone is not ringing, have somebody look at wherever you're advertising or wherever you've got your phone number out there and have them call that number and see if it works. How many times, Jeremy, (laughs) have you heard a story from us where somebody was paying for advertising and we can see in the advertising that it says X number of people called. Oh God. And they say, nobody's calling me. Yeah. And we call their phone number and it turns out there's a problem, like it rings forever or it disconnects when they're trying to forward their phone number to their cell phone or any other number for the number could actually be out of service. The number might be incorrect. Or they pick right? up and hang up. They pick up and hang up by wow. accident. That's or, my favorite. Right. Or they, you call and their voicemail is full. Right. right. So these are all problems that can be solved, but you don't know they're a problem until somebody calls your phone number. So you or have someone you know, call your phone number if you're not getting any calls and make sure it works. And if it does work and you're still not getting calls, then maybe the, what did you call it? The, the, the pray method oh, for getting yeah, business. Yeah. Pray somebody will tell one of your other customers about you so that you can, we used to call it the hope method. Hope I get some business. <laughs> yeah. When you're doing absolutely nothing to bring business in, you're just, I built it so they will come. <laughs> <laughs> they will not come. Everybody on the live, they will not come. If you build it, you have to tell them about yep, it. Yep, you have to tell them about it and keep telling them about it. So one thing about elevating people, and not just the pet industry, like there's lots of other other industries, right? Like I know an example they used when we were talking before was like 
you don't go and, and like try and barter with your plumber, but people barter with their dog groomer all the time. Mm-hmm. But and I was like, yeah, but everybody thinks a plumber is like some fat guy with his butt crack hanging out when he's like underneath the cupboard, right? I'm like, these people are are professionals, right? I mean, they're professionals doing jobs that you need. Yeah. Maybe you should give these people some respect, right? Right. And when they come out to a networking event, I'm sure everybody's gonna make a plumber joke, right, or a plumber butt joke or something. But it, it's a joke, right? It's not yeah. like. You're still paying top dollar. You're still if, paying top dollar. If your toilet is backed up and you yeah. need somebody, you're still going to pay emergency fees to get and that person better out. Not, <laughs> better not offend your plumber because when you need them, gosh, that could be a really, really crappy problem to have. Especially with the random things I've been pulling out of sinks lately. That's Kids are terrible. <laughs> let's, let's be honest about it. There's no reason you should be pulling cars and little G.I. Joe figures and those... Uh, command strip plastic pieces out of your sink and random plumbing things. Kids suck when it comes to random things when it in comes to animals plumbing. too. Who raised that kid? I'm, I'm sure Next. Carrie has had to remove uh, some kind of candy or food from a dog's fur at some point in her career. Yeah. You know? But yeah, we don't want to get into all, <laughs> all the things the kids shove down sinks and toilets or into their pets. No. So you are writing a book as well as technically already written but it's not released yet why don't you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your book so barking up the right tree is the name of the book and it is a book for specifically groomers to create grow and maintain the profits of their pet business so i really broke it down step by step from just basic appearance and the smell of your salon all the way to creating relationships and memorable moments for your clients and how to go out there and be proactive in your marketing and get more clients in the door. Fantastic. And that'll probably be out by the time this podcast is released, which is probably about a month out. Your book hopefully will be released in, you know, within a couple of weeks of that. Yeah. So that's coming up. That's exciting. It is exciting. So exciting. what is one way that you can think of like right now that would help a salon elevate their business? let's say with the customer follow-up or something like that? I would say number one is creating memorable moments for your current clientele. Okay, how do I do that? Put a bow on the dog and That could be one way, yeah. Unless they've asked you previously not to put a bow or a bandana on the dog, then not putting a bow or a bandana on the dog would be the memorable moment. Because if you're not listening to their communications and still continuing to put bows in their dog's hair when they don't like it, then that's creating a negative moment. So that's one way. Another way is to listen and ask questions during the drop-off and pick-up. Know what their names are, what their kids' names are, what grade their kids are in school, where they went to on vacation, and then ask them about it. One of my favorite stories and a story that I put in the book is one of my clients had, she was writing a book, and I asked her what she was going to do when she dropped her dog off. She said she was going to go finish editing her book. And I, I inquired about it. I, oh, what, what book is it? You know, what is it about? And then the next time that she came in, I asked, is she, is she done? When is it going to be published? How can I get a copy? And she was so floored by the fact that I remembered that she was writing a book that she came to me specifically for the rest of that dog's life. It's pretty amazing how such a small thing can be so impactful to a client by just remembering what you talk about. Oh, cool. We talked a little bit about that in um, episode two, the ugly, ugly state of customer service. Mm -hmm. It is amazing 
how the slightest amount of extra time and effort put in is your head and shoulders above every other business pretty much anywhere. I mean, everyone tries to do whatever the minimum that they can do to get by and not lose a customer. It's like, what's the laziest way that I can do my job and still not go broke? And if you can put in the effort to say, I do care about my customers and I care about their pets and I care about the well-being of them and their pets and their families and I like them as people and I really want to help them, then you put in the extra time, you put in the extra effort, you put the little ribbon in the doggy's hair and or the bandana on mm-hmm. the dog and, and you ask them about their family and you become friends with them and, you know, be friends with their pets, become like your pets, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's not just in the pet industry. That's in any industry, right? every industry, yeah. Every industry. And, you know, Carrie and I go out for dinner or something once in a while here and there. We go to a store or something and they don't know that I wrote a book about customer service, but you should see the things that happen. Like it's just unbelievable how poor customer service in general has become. And being that shining star in customer service really elevates you as a business person, for one, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of your goal. But also, that is what's going to generate the actual word of mouth instead of just praying somebody comes into your shop. Well, it's all about pride of a good job being completed, too. You have to have pride in the work that you do and and just give it your all. I mean, otherwise, why are you there? Go get a job at Taco Bell or something. (laughs) I mean, really, you know, if you don't... Not to diss the hardworking people of Taco Bell. I I am not not dissing them. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm sure pretty much anybody could get a job at Taco Bell if they really, really wanted one. I would do it for the free food, (laughs) but that's not good for my health. Yeah. They're coming out with a vegan menu. Yes. <laughs> Just found my moonlighting job. Taco well, I guess Bell. technically it's all vegan because it's not really made out of food. But there are food-like substances in that Taco Bell. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know what's in Taco Bell. I shouldn't talk about it. All right. Yeah. Sorry, so Taco we've, Bell. We've kind of squirreled a little bit. <laughs> Carrie, can you maybe Talking tell about us squirrels. a little bit more about like bark cartons? What is, what is the purpose behind a bark carton and what do you do with it? So bark cartons used in the pet service industry, you can put your business cards and dog treats inside of them. They are small little boxes about the size of a soda can. You could put your treats and business card in them. You can use them for your current clients to just give them a, hey, surprise, here's some treats to take home. I appreciate you and your business. You can give them for your clients giving you referrals. So say... Susie referred Joe in to get a grooming appointment or a dog walk or a pet sitting job or whatever. Thank you, Susie. Here's a bark carton with some treats for your dog. You could also use them out when you're farming clients. So if you have, if you're in a neighborhood or somewhere where your business is, or if you're a dog walker and you go and service a neighborhood, you can canvas the neighborhood like real estate agents do and hang bark cartons on all of the doors in the neighborhood or go to the dog park next to your salon and hand out bark cartons there just to go and get your name out. You can use bark cartons in networking groups when you meet people instead of a business card. Creating partnerships with the store next door, say there's a deli next door, they could hand out your information with treats to their clients with dogs and and you can hand out their information in your store. I know I uh, was at a coffee shop 
surprise recently. <laughs> and when I was driving through and, and I had the dogs in the car with me and they handed me like a little, like a dog treat mm-hmm. thing. It was like little wrapped in plastic and it had like a little ribbon on it. And then on the ribbon, it had a little tag on it that said thank you. And it was from a place that makes dog treats, mm-hmm. right? Organic dog treats or something. But it, it was tiny. You know, like the little tag that's on the back of your shirt, right? The annoying one? Yeah, the little annoying tag. That's how big this was. So not only could you barely read it, it had almost no information on it. But if they had handed me a box that had the dog treats in it, mm-hmm. it could have, I mean, you got four sides to the box you can print mm-hmm. on, right? So you could have specials. You could have the coffee shop's information with their upcoming stuff, you know, events or something like that. And then on the other side... You could have like tips on taking care of your dog and then you could have the business and how to order the dog cookies or if it's like how to get special to come in to get your initial groom and uh, cookies and cream shampoo bath for your dog. Yep. I always remember that one because one time I went to see Carrie at work and the whole place smelled like cookies and I was like, where's all the cookies? (laughs) But it was the dogs smell like cookies. Now I want cookies. They are completely customizable. So right. even if you don't see a design that you want on the website, we can make whatever you want on the outside right. so of the So you'll box. design it for them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there an extra cost to that or is that included? It's included in the custom box fees. Ooh. Yeah. Fancy. All right. So I, I just want to know about how much do they cost. If I want 25, 50 boxes, what are they, like 10 bucks a piece or... No, not 10 bucks a piece. Okay. Cheaper than that. Cheaper than that. Yeah. Minimum quantity ordered is 50. Okay. And if you're going to be getting a completely customized box, it's about $1.25 per box. That's that's affordable. It is. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So I think it's probably a good spot to recap, right? Yeah. So elevating the pet services industry, be nice to your groomer, your dog walker, your... Mm-hmm. I don't remember what all of them are. Your vet, I guess veterinarians don't really have as much of a problem because they're in the medical field, right? Yeah. Pet sitter, dog walker, dog groomer, dog daycare, kennel boarding facility, dog bakery. And tip them. Yes. <laughs> they do accept tips. They do accept tips. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, appreciate them. <laughs> all right. And what's the name of your book again? Barking Up the Right Tree. Barking Up the Right Tree by Carrie Rouse. uh, Available soon. Yes. And I think from there, uh, we can probably wrap it up. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for listening today, and you guys have a great week. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week when we talk about how to leverage education for lead generation. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson, mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.